0: welcome to the dive in movie cast a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there my name is hayden and i'm wesley I came out with that with so much more enthusiasm name than usual. My is Hayden. I would be Hayden. That's me.
1: You know, after doing this podcast for so long, there's so many times where I'm like, I say my name the same way over and over and over again. And sometimes you just got to switch it up.
0: Yeah, it's the little things. It's the it's whether you say my name different or you say Wesley different. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. All right. So this week, we're going to be getting into some Marvel stuff. It's actually all Marvel this week. So mm-hmm. if you're into that, stick around. If not sad to see you go see ya Um, but yeah we're gonna be talking about what if since we haven't really gotten into that show at all and Mm -hmm. we're also gonna be talking about the incredible new Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings Mm. which you should go see in theaters immediately and then come back and listen to this episode because what a movie man
1: oh so good I like I believe after the movie ended I was like I could watch that again right now
0: I know I was instantly ready I was like are we seeing the 1030 show yeah we're just just going back and seeing it again yeah This was, uh, before we get into it, actually, I want to ask, how's your week been? Just more general.
1: Well, my week has been, um, uh, exciting, I guess. I don't know. Um, less exciting for me, more exciting for, uh, my sister. My sister just went off to, uh, KDA University. Um, super exciting. I helped move her in. I hit the ultimate dad moment. You know how, like, you know, how there's like stereotypical dad moments. I think when uh, a kid gets moved into university, there's a stereotypical dad moment there as well, where the dad is ready in the morning, ready to go, like um, has got everything planned out, like you know, all that kind of stuff. Has I wasn't the
0: map of where the dorm is and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't.
1: I wasn't that prepared. I I've been to the campus once before because when I was going to university, I was gonna go to Acadia originally, but. Um, I didn't end up going because I was like, oh, I want to do theater, and there's no theater in Wolfville. It's only the theater that they have at Acadia. Oh, really? Yeah, like, they have a theater program, but the only theater that they have in Acadia is that theater at the school. Like, there's nothing else compared to Halifax where there's tons of stuff going on all the time.
0: Yeah, there's like a big rich community of theater in Halifax.
1: Right now, the Halifax Fringe Festival is going on, so hey, if you live in Halifax, go check out a show or two. Um... But I had a ultimate dad moment where when we pulled up, I was unloading everything, all that stuff, uh, and we got into the dorm, we're unpacking things, and I was the one who was building stuff. I was the one who was like, getting stuff uh, ready to go, and my sister had this little uh, like Ikea kind of tray, trolley thing. And she was like, can you set this up? And I was like, sure. And I reached on to the side of my belt, and there, strapped to the side of my belt, was my <laughs> Leatherman.
0: Wesley. Ready
1: to go. The pliers, the tools, everything. I needed nothing that the IKEA equipped me with. I had everything on deck
0: I don't need your your little dollar store tools Ikea I got the whole set
1: I don't need your crappy little wrench I have literally pliers three sets of screwdrivers a knife everything I would need in my Leatherman and so I literally set up everything and then I went out to go get coffee and I came back and I decided that I was going to tuck my shirt in so I tucked my shirt in um, so, I had to tuck this tucked in shirt, and there's just the Leatherman strap to my side. I'm like holding, I'm st- standing outside my sister's dorm, <laughs> like just like holding my belt buckle, just standing there. I'm like, I am such a dad right now. Yeah. What is happening?
0: I, I'm very excited for like 10 to 15 years from now just to. Or, you know, on your own timeline. I'm not yep. going to predict your timeline, but I'm very excited to see you as a dad because you are like... I'm 20- already a dad. You're already a dad <laughs> at 21. It's going to be so funny.
1: It literally does not matter. When I become a dad, nothing will change.
0: Dad behavior, dude. It's like 1 a.m. You're like, all right, guys, I stayed sober all night. I need to drive you guys home now. And me and Morgan are like, no, just one more drink.
1: You and Morgan are like, what? it's early. And I'm like, guys,
0: I should be in bed by now. Yeah. No, you... You've- <laughs> been on the dad behavior for sure. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm just an old soul, you know, I'm young in the physical, but in my mentality, I'm like 37 <laughs> yeah. already. And I'm just like, I, if I'm not sleeping by 12, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, it was good to move her in. And it's, it's always exciting too. Cause like, I've already been through, I'm going into my last year of university. And so to drop my sister off and be like, Oh, you're going to have such a fun time. Like, I know you're going to get to some crazy stuff. like, mm-hmm. Um it was just it was a lot of fun and my my mom and dad did make it there later me and my older sister had to move my my younger sister in and drive her down and everything um but we we got everything set up for her and everything and by the time my parents got there everything was ready to go and they they were there to deal with the more um, important things like getting her, her ID, school ID and stuff, buying yeah. all the books and all this stuff that I was not going to do. It's like, there's no way I'm paying for an $80 textbook that she's only going to use for two weeks and then never again.
0: The price of those textbooks is, is blasphemous.
1: Honestly, um, the price of those textbooks is insanity. I could buy a small car. With the price that some people pay for textbooks over the four years they go to university.
0: And there is actual books. Like, I mean, not speaking from personal experience, but from, like, what I've heard people say is, like, there are books that you will spend, like, $300 on and you will open once.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, like— That sucks. Literally, I bought a book for my—when um, I was in my first year of university, I took, like, a psychology class, um, and I bought a book a textbook it was like $80 and i used it twice that's I was like, disgusting why did i even buy this textbook yeah <laughs> or like it's always the stupid ones too like there was i remember there's one class i took I think it was like sociology or something i got the textbook and it was a $50 textbook that was maybe was less than the size of a diary of wimpy kid book Oh, like no. maybe a fourth of the size of one of those books. It was fifty dollars. I opened it three times. Ew. And it was like I don't know where it is now. It's probably in the garbage or something. Yeah,
0: you're just like all right. Well, moving on. So Get it's rid ridiculous
1: that. how much universities cost and all this stuff but i'm sure my little sister's gonna have lots of fun mm-hmm. and get up at lots of crazy shenanigans that she'll never tell my parents
0: about especially living on campus yeah i know she's sure.
1: living on campus she does have a really nice room though say fifth floor nice nice view like mm, pretty good and surprisingly large for a dorm room like dorm rooms are usually pretty tiny oh yeah um, but the she she has a roommate, and the one that they got is surprisingly big. Like should they have enough space that they can live, and so nice they'll be fine. They'll they'll have fun.
0: Yeah, for sure, living on campus would be really cool.
1: I'm sure it would be, and especially in Wolfville, like Wolfville is such a nice place in the fall um and that's kind of it though there's I mean, not a
0: lot going on there, but it's it's pretty. So the
1: only that. people that live in Wolfville are university students and old people, and that's it true and uh there's one street in the middle of Wolfville that has just everything, and
0: it's all you need it's
1: like it's like Wolfville is literally a single street, and then any if you want anything else, you have to drive to do minus, yeah, <laughs> which is only ten minutes away, but
0: we're hitting all the the Nova Scotian Google Maps right now literally straight up if you're not from Nova
1: Scotia you're like what who the fuck names their town after a wolf
0: Wolfville Wolfville we got some weird town names out here yeah we do no I'm for me in my case I've just been working a lot it's mainly right now it's just like work all day come home maybe go in the pool if I can convince myself to Mm -hmm. have some summer vibes left in me, but it's pretty cold now, so... These
1: days, it's, like, raining all the time, and it's kind of cold, so...
0: I'm, like, desperately holding on to, like, the last straw of summer, but I don't have the energy to do it, so I get home from work. I'm like, all right, you're gonna go on a cool adventure today, and then I get inside, and I'm, like, gonna watch a movie from 1991 today.
1: Yeah, I was doing some editing uh, for my dad today, and it was really funny because in that exact episode... Uh, It's talking about like How it's no longer summer And it's turning to fall And I was like wow That's so real for right now Mm -hmm. Like a couple days ago It literally switched up on us And was like Hey Once the sun goes away It's cold It's cold now
0: It was like Perfect Like it was like Super warm out Like really hot days And then snap of the fingers It was like "All right, If you go out Anytime after 8.30 You're probably cold
1: Yeah it went from like 32 degree days To A high of 22
0: Yeah I don't know if we're all just insane or if this summer just felt really short. I think this is like a universal thing. I've heard a lot of people saying like, what the fuck happened to this summer?
1: I, I'm i going to be honest with you, Hayden. I think everyone says that every single year. That's true. I think that is a common thing <laughs> that happens all the time because everyone's like, oh it's september where did the summer go it's like well it just happened um for three months (laughs) like it normally does every single year it's not faster or how it works honestly for me i this is why i think i work outdoor jobs during the summer like i like to work outdoor jobs during the summer because i get my summer fill even if i'm not like going to crazy amusement parks or swimming every day like I'm outside in the sun I get my tan mm. uh, I enjoy the outdoors during the summer and everyone's like oh man the summer flew by and I'm like actually for me it dragged on Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I don't personally feel like it flew by. For me, I was just like, that was a good amount of summer.
0: We're different people. I'm defined by, like, my summer's worth is defined by, like, did I jump off of ten bridges, go to three water parks? Literally. Um, Like, it's just, I I have weird parameters for what makes a summer worth.
1: Every other weekend, you're like, stubborn goat, or I die.
0: It's Beer Garden, by the way. Beer Garden, or I die. I love that place. And it's closing in, like, three weeks. I feel like I didn't get there enough.
1: Bro, you gotta go at least once (laughs) more.
0: I know it's got to happen. You
1: should make, you know what you should do? For the last week that it's open, you should go every single day. Every night. Drive there every single night and S- just go. Sleep
0: in my car. Yep, exactly. It's commitment.
1: You you really should because if you don't, you're just going to waste your summer away, you know? You're going to yeah. feel like you never <laughs> didn't do a single thing and it went by so fast. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna talk about it like all through our winter be like boys we didn't go to stubborn goat enough boys I need the stubborn
1: goat you'll go out, it'll be like freezing and snowy and you'll go out onto the boardwalk and just sit where the stubborn goat is for myself a beer <laughs> we yeah. used to being for yourself a beer
0: yeah man that's that's the mood right there um on that note do you wanna <laughs> yeah we're just talking about random shit but it's fun um do you want to get into what if
1: yes we're, we're gonna start today by talking about what if if you haven't seen any what if episodes full spoilers, like, we're just gonna spoil everything, um, but, yeah, What If, I've been loving What If so much, I love me some good animated shows, especially this, where we just get little glimpses into these alternate universes to see what's going on, and all the crazy stuff that's happening, and I think it's a great way to introduce like, the entirety of the MCU to these alternate timelines that are now gonna be a very integral part of the next phase of the mcu like it's going to be happening all the time Mm -hmm. um so it's going to be super important and i think this is a fun way to introduce that idea to us uh as an audience i am i already know of like the whole multiverse and all that stuff but for those new people it's definitely a very accessible way for them to see that
0: i think it's such an interesting concept for a show like when i um first episode came out and I just ended up watching it at my apartment, my girlfriend was like, what is this show even about? And I explained, like, the general premise of, like, taking events from the MCU that we know, and she's not big on the MCU or anything, I think she's seen a couple movies, but I was telling her about the premise, and she was like, that's just, like, the coolest idea for a show, because there's so much you can do with it.
1: Uh-huh, like, exactly. this can
0: go for seasons on seasons, because, like, they'll never run out of ideas.
1: No, they will never, and it's, like, it's an endless possibility of stuff. Like, there are so many comic books and so many things where that they can pull from, like, it's an endless amount, so I think it's such a smart move. I actually kind of hope they keep... I'd love to for them to realize, like, oh, a lot of people are liking this. Maybe we could just keep going,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. They confirmed season two. So we, Okay, so we do so have season two. We're for sure getting season two. I, yeah. Um, we're four episodes in. Mm-hmm. Do, I think there has been clear cases of, like, this episode is better than this episode so far. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's bound to happen with something like this. Yeah. And I think the episodes that really work... Really work, and even the ones that I wasn't fully sold on, they're not bad in any way. They just oh, yeah. don't work to the same degree as the other ones. Mm-hmm. I think the best example of like really working in this show is the Doctor Strange episode.
1: I agree. I think the Doctor Strange one's probably the best one. Yeah.
0: I think it's just been the clearest example of like what What If can stand for. You know, like yeah. this is literally such a different like direction. Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's it's very fitting, and I I yeah I agree. I think that even the ones that aren't as good are still good. Like. A lot of people, I find, are putting the Peggy Carter one at the bottom, even though I saw it and I was like, I love this. Like, this is awesome. Um, I think it's so epic. I especially also just love it when um, females break the gender stereotype of, like, the 1920s where it's like, women can't do anything. And it's like, fuck you, punches Nazis in the face, flies (laughs) through the air and crashes through planes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know? Um. So I, I I still really liked it, but yeah, I think that the ones that really work well, like the Doctor Strange one, are just it's just so much fun.
0: And the know? um Star Lord one for me as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: exactly. The Star War- Lord one was really cool too. Um, and like on top of that too. It still has that feel of the MCU. It's not like, oh, this is animated, so it's different now. It's No, it's totally still got that feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think they're doing a wonderful job with it. What do you think of the animation, just like in general? It's... I like it. Um, I, I think the only real issue I have with it sometimes is just like the color grading of it. Like, the color is very good. It pops a lot, I think... There's a lot of great moments of very cool coloration. This is getting very technical. Um yeah. But I, I also find there are moments where I find the color really oversaturated. Like it's just a little too purple or a little too red. I
0: can agree with that.
1: Um, to the point where like when the screen goes dark for scenes, it's kind of hard to see some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my only complaint for the animation. Like other than that, I think it's really smooth. Like I think – Honestly, for me, the best episode of animation was the Peggy, the Peggy Carter one. How so? Because that whole um, – like essentially that whole scene, scenario where she's flying through, like jumping from plane to plane. Oh, that was good. Yeah, Hitting stuff, breaking things. The animation is just so fluid and the um, – in in animation, for those of you who don't know, when you're doing animation, there is essentially your eye should be – and this counts for movies too – there's, like, your eye should be moving with the action. Like, the action should never feel like she punches someone to the left, then to the right, then to the left, and up and down. Like, you're, it shouldn't be jerking your head around. Yeah. I find that in that scene specifically, they're doing so good at letting your eye follow her as she's going through each thing, and it's just working so well and feels so fluid and nice. And, like, the smoke effects in that episode, mm. insanely good. Um, so I, I think that it's just really nice and fluid uh but they i think the color grading is just a little too
0: saturated for my opinion i can agree with that my other criticism towards the animation in general would just be kind of like i feel like there's times where it looks like just a lesser version of into the spider versus style like it was going for that poppy comic book stuff and it mainly works but i feel like there's a time there's times where like the characters just look a little stiff, mm-hmm. but like in regards to like scenery and how it moves around the environments, I do think it's it's very well done in that regard.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's clearly like not into the Spider Verse level, it's, obviously, yeah. because it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not gonna put that much money and effort and work into an episode that's like twenty minutes, you yeah, know? For sure. Um, so it's it's kind of. Like, it's not top tier, of course, but I think it's pretty good uh, as far as animation goes. And I know that I like animation more than you do uh, right. when it comes to, like, TV shows or things like that. Yeah, so, I love
0: animation and movies, but I don't typically get really invested in animated TV shows.
1: Which makes me so upset because you still haven't watched Avatar, and I started re-watching it the other day. And it's just, like, the greatest show you will ever watch. It's next up on my list for animated shows. I just finished BoJack Horseman. So you got to add Avatar to that, man, because, whew, whew. I mean, the animation is dated, but the story, top
0: notch. I've had people try and uh, revoke my my geek card from me for not having seen Avatar. Hey, they make a solid argument. All right, I'm on it then. I'm starting it tonight. Yeah. I can't have that happen to me. Do it, man. Honestly, start it
1: tonight, and, like... It's so easy to watch. You could just binge so much of it so fast.
0: Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, even people who don't love anime, I've heard have, have said that that show's just pretty perfect.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's just like top tier. Like it's top tier animated show, and the characters are so lovable and all this stuff. But anywho, that I don't I don't know why I got onto Avatar. Right <laughs> We're there. just talking oh. about good animation. But, yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean, first off, we'll absolutely be getting on it. But yeah. on another note, I think with What If is like. Yeah, it's just—I'm—it's I'm, crazy to hear that it's canon. Like, i I seen an interview with the showrunner, and he's mm-hmm. like, this is canon. Because before this came out, everyone was like, How, is this just going to kind of be like a actual, you know, what-if scenario, or is this going to tie into stuff? I think there's, like, a high likelihood that we could see, like, live-action Agent Carter, or, like—because I've heard rumors about that, like, a possibility of them bringing her in. Uh, same thing with, like, live-action Evil Doctor Strange, which people Ooh. are theorizing that that's the Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man trailer. <gasps> what if? He's, no way. He's acting out a character, right? And people are no like what way. if he found a way? I don't think so, but I think it's an interesting theory. And I think the show lends itself to a lot of opportunities where fans can theorize. And just seeing, you know, like Doctor Strange is kind of like the most like he's he's a stubborn guy but his head is on his shoulders. He wants what's best for the world. To see a universe where he is like so overcome with grief that he will just let everything crumble in a path to get to get his loved one back it's really interesting and really compelling to see those characters that you know in just a different light Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I agree I like I know that Doctor Strange I I feel like people are putting Doctor Strange on a really high pedestal these days um, as far as his importance to the MCU because solely for the fact that we've lost all the Avengers so Doctor Strange just feels like the natural like leader oh he's the next best thing you know and i feel like people are forgetting like who doctor strange was before the movie mm-hmm. and so they see him in endgame where he's like everything matters the importance of the universe is, is key and all this stuff and they're like well he's so he cares so much and it's like yeah he cares so much when somebody from a different planet is coming for his shit mm-hmm. he has the time stone the time stone is his They were coming for his shit.
0: So he had to worry about
1: it. So he had to worry about it. I feel like people are also forgetting about the... And this is what I liked in the What If episode. The self-centered Doctor Strange that we also know about. Like, even when he... Before he turns evil in this episode... Even after uh, the love of his life dies, he still has those selfish urges to be like, oh, maybe I could just use the time stone. Like, he's also still a very selfish person. Right. And so, um, like, I love the idea. Honestly, if Doctor Strange was evil in this new Spider Man movie, I'd be like, I'm totally for it. I'll be with it. I doubt. Mm -hmm. I
0: doubt it. I yeah, it is like very interesting though. Like, I agree with because he's a character who's a major asshole and th- something happens to him and that turns it into something that he grows from. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting to be like, what if this wasn't something he could grow from, but something that just brought out the worst part of him like 10 times more?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's really cool to see. So we are loving What If, and if you haven't started watching it yet, check it out. Even if you don't really know Marvel, even if you aren't like the biggest Marvel fanboy, I think you'll still love it. Mm. Like I think you'll still think you it's a lot might, of fun.
0: Might be a bit confused in regards to like, The characters and everything but it's pretty much just alternate versions so you are not really seeing the story for how it actually unfolded
1: yeah it's just just fun stuff so
0: highly recommend it i really just want to shout out chadwick because i've heard he has a couple more appearances in this show and this will be the last time we ever hear him Mm -hmm. um i I think the other roles that he or the other appearances he has are smaller Mm -hmm. whereas he leads a whole episode with episode two but episode two was spectacular and i really loved spoiler alert um That he was able to change Thanos. I think that's just an interesting little thing. It's probably totally unrealistic, but I think the idea that the good heart of T'Challa kind of led him on a different trajectory, Mm -hmm. and also he just killed that episode. It's just really good voice acting on his part.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, Gamora is not in that episode, or is she?
0: She's not, no. Yeah,
1: so I think, um, I know that there's a future episode where Gamora is essentially Thanos. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that'll tie in That'd where be cool. it's like, Oh, this is kind of the same universe, but you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I'm also really excited to, uh, see as well. Like the next episode that's coming out is that's coming out tomorrow. The zombies Or well, not tomorrow, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, yeah. The zombies. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that one.
0: I can't wait for that.
1: Cause that's a huge Marvel comic book arc that people talk about all the time. So
0: I read Marvel zombies when I was younger and it's, it's super dope. So, mm-hmm. like, the idea of seeing that adapted on TV, very excited for that episode. Who is the... From what I've seen, the promotions for it's, like, the big zombies are Captain America, Hawkeye, and Iron Man.
1: Yeah. I, of course, it's just going to be the Avengers that they're... Yeah. Specifically showing off. Yo! If this is the moment that they bring Deadpool... Into Into it. What If MCU? Because, if I'm not mistaken, um... Is, is Deadpool a part of that, that zombie storyline, if I'm not mistaken? There's maybe? multiple
0: arcs for the zombie storyline, so, like... Oh, okay. I, I do believe he's part of one of them, though. Yeah, I believe, if
1: I'm not mistaken, there's one of them where he can't be affected by the virus. Because him and Wolverine, essentially. Because they have that, that, uh... Right. The regen, whatever the heck. The
0: adamantium. No. No, that's the, Wolverine's claws. Wolverine's
1: claws. The, the, just their regeneration, how they can just never die. Right. So.
0: Well, that'd be inter- that'd be wild. That'd be weird to see.
1: It'd be awesome team up. I would absolutely love it.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say check the show out immediately, though. It's really fun. What would you rank the episodes in regards to like your order of favorite to least favorite so far?
1: Um, favorite to least favorite probably would be four. um. Wait, let me just get them in my head. So one number one is Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Number two is Star Lord. T'Challa is Star-Lord. Number three is the serial killer, and number four is uh, Doctor Strange. So it will probably be four, two, one, three. But what? I would just put the serial killer at the end because as much as I did episode. love that
0: episode, it was just kind of weird.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, all my favorite heroes are getting
0: murked. I know. I was like, yeah, Tony Stark, and then he's dead in the first scene. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. So... I think I would have a similar ranking, but... um, Probably switch three and one. Yeah, I didn't dislike one. I just, I feel like what if is at its best when it's showing you completely different scenarios from what we've seen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the first one is, it's pretty much the first Avenger. Well, like With, like, gender swapped, which is still dope.
1: It's like, what are they going to do? The story is literally about World War II. It plays out how it plays out. It can't be like... And in this version of World War II, it's actually, I don't know... Abraham Lincoln is back from the dead on the bad guy side.
0: No, they got to keep the war is, has not changed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm also looking forward for multiple seasons going forward. Mm-hmm. I think Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher is just such a cool narrator.
1: Yo, he, I have realized, I think from, this is my little theory, from the last episode, I think that he is actually going to intervene at some point.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he was becoming a little bit more conscious of like what he was, what was happening, and like his ability to stop it.
1: Well, no, he does not. He doesn't really have the ability to stop it because all this stuff is going to happen. But I do think that at some point, um, he will intervene in a way because we do get that cool Marvel or Avengers-esque shot where it's rotating around all of them, and it's all the characters from these different episodes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there will be a point where he intervenes and is like, bring all these people together, you know? Yeah. But uh, hey, who knows? Maybe not. Maybe he is just the Watcher. We'll have to see. Because that is the Watcher's role to just
0: watch. What if the Watcher didn't just watch? That's that's one of the episodes. <gasps> what if that's the last one? That'd be crazy. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, so I'd definitely check out What If. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, do you want to get into Shang-Chi! Shang-Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings? Mm-hmm aka the best Marvel origin story ever Uh, debatable but yeah
1: I think it's definitely one of the best
0: up there for sure definitely up
1: there um. Yeah, Shang Chi. If you haven't seen Shang Chi yet, we're gonna try and do a little bit of uh spoiler free talking here in the beginning, but we'll definitely be getting to spoilers, so just be careful. Um,
0: we'll let you know when we decide to do that.
1: Yeah, but Shang Chi, we saw it the other day in theaters. So good, so amazing, top notch. Like, I think I gave it a five out of five, and that ranking stays after sitting with it for a cu- for a day or two. Mm. That ranking stays at a five because wow, this movie was MCU firing on all cylinders, doing its best to just, like, make a... And this this feels like a fresh start for the MCU, like a mm-hmm. little refresh button, because for a while I was like, ah, I don't know how I'm feeling about the, these MCU movies, and then they hit me with Shang-Chi, and I was like, I'm back, baby, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, as some spoiler-free stuff that I really loved about it, obviously Shang-Chi is gonna be filled with all this martial arts stuff all these things and I absolutely love it like I am a I'm a big slut for some amazing uh fight sequences and so having a movie that is just solely martial arts fight sequences oh so good so amazing I absolutely love it like they it's top notch fighting too and it feels like you know how everyone praises the MCU for that one knife fight scene in Winter Soldier? Yeah. The entire movie is that knife fight scene. True. They're like everyone's like, "Oh, this is the best scene fight hand-to-hand combat scene ever." And then Shang-Chi, literally
0: the best hand-to-hand combat action movie I've seen in a while. Like not to take away from the fantastic hand-to-hand combat uh, in Winter Soldier, but this is like This way, is way better. And top notch. Way better because there's more of it. It's just far more consistent. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I agree that it's like the MCU firing on all cylinders. And it's like probably some of the best a- action in regards to like practicality and like stunts and stuff yeah. that they've ever done. Yeah. Cause the martial arts stuff is like, it, it feels so organic and mm-hmm. real. It doesn't feel like a big CGI battle. It feels like Shang-Chi beating the shit out of someone.
1: Yeah, no exactly. It it like everything connects and it hits and the rhythm and flow of all the fights is so well done and I like I could just praise it for hours and hours. It's it's amazing and like John Wick has nothing. John Wick nothing compared to this. Everyone's like John Wick's the best. John Wick. John Wick can get thrown through as many glass display cases as he wants. He does not compare to any of this fighting so just phenomenal phenomenal fight scenes and like we can get into even more like just the the representation in this movie alone um the fact that the entire soundtrack is done by the record company 88 rising which is a fully asian record company if i'm not mistaken for the most part asian led Mm -hmm. essentially um and like the whole soundtrack slaps. I listened to the expanded version of the soundtrack, which is just a bunch of the songs done by the artists today. Amazing! Like I it's put really, so many songs so, into my like play my like songs. You know,
0: it's a very good soundtrack. Yeah, it's like when uh, Kendrick did the Black Panther soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This is like the same thing where it's just a bunch of really good Asian musicians. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Rich Bryan is kind of like the big name that you see on a lot of the music here. In- mm-hmm. Uh, Run It is fantastic and uh, Fire in the Sky by Anderson Pock. very right. good Fire in the
1: Sky you got people like Earth Gang's on there too mm-hmm. uh, Sweetie's on there you've got a bunch of names on there so definitely worth checking out if you haven't listened to that yet but definitely check it out I love Rich Brian he's fantastic um, and so the the soundtrack in, in the Asian led uh, studio that did it fan- phenomenal I really like when movies, especially like Shang-Chi, did this. And, of course, Black Panther did this as well. Um, But also just, like, the representation through cinematography that we'll definitely get into. And the fact that I know that people, and this is a stupid opinion by people in my opinion, uh, people don't like to read subtitles. And they don't like movies that aren't in their own language. Because
0: they can't read a subtitle. Uh, the, The most common criticism drives me fucking nuts when I hear somebody say this criticism. It's like, I don't like to read my movies. I'm like, how slow does your brain process They're that right, you right. can't take in the imagery and read a word that pops up in a bubble on the bottom?
1: I promise you that um, if – if here's the thing. If you don't like to read your movies, well, then fuck audiobooks. I don't like to listen to my books, huh? You want to come at me now? I'm just kidding. No. Um, but it's just like – Come on, people! Who cares about some subtitles? And in shang Chi, there's not really that many
0: subtitles. There's scenes that are in there are full on scenes dialogue, but...
1: that are in like uh, different languages, like Mandarin or uh, Chinese. I know there's a bunch of uh, different languages going on in this movie, um, but like it's it's fantastic. And I also love too. This is a little thing I noticed. Um, in the moments where we had characters who didn't understand the languages, we didn't get any
0: subtitles. Yeah. I found that cool.
1: We didn't understand what they were saying, which is so cool in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just a phenomenal movie when it comes to, uh, Asian representation, because it's not like trying to be Westernized Asian representation. This is like full-blown they know what they're doing and they're doing it right yeah in my opinion that oh, is yeah. coming from a white guy who lives in canada in watching Nova, a, Scotia. you know big budget marvel movie but exactly uh but i personally think they did really well um and i was loving every second of it like i literally after i watched that movie i was like somebody teach me martial arts yeah <laughs> please please
0: it's i also think that like it in regards to the representation, it is mainly an Asian cast. There are a couple of white people and a couple of black people pop up, but it is a very prevalently Asian cast. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very important for a story like this because in an interview, um, Sim- Simi Liu, the guy who plays Shang Chi, mm-hmm. he said, uh, mar- the martial arts genre for so long had many martial art movies have had the have wa- have white leads in a fish out of water scenario. You mm-hmm. know, like stuff like Karate Kid, which Karate is Kid. a great movie. Hey." But. If you
1: have watched se- – this is going to be so random. Sorry for this little tangent. If you have watched season five or season six of Community, you know that uh, Karate Kid is not about the Karate Kid. It is about his teacher and the hardships he went through in his life, and that <laughs> is the character.
0: That's true. That's a, that a good episode. <laughs> Uh, no, but I just, uh, I think it's important to reclaim that narrative, you know, yeah, in, a, no, in, exactly. a, in a world where martial arts have kind of, martial art movies have become very westernized and very much shifted away from their, where they came from and their origin.
1: Like I said, John Wick, yeah. literally a
0: white guy fighting a bunch of like Asian guys because they're the bad guys all the time. That's true. Yeah. So, so it, it's definitely important to have a mainly Asian cast and in a martial arts movie like this, and kind of reclaim the narrative that has been shifted into big Hollywood movies. Yeah. Um, I also just think, in regards to, you said that, like, the thing about the dialogue not popping up with the subtitles when a character doesn't understand mm-hmm. it, I think that that happens a lot with the character that Aquafina plays. Yeah. And I also think that she's a perfect lens for the audience. I always love when you have a character who is, like, very new to this world and has no, like, footing on this world, and you kind of follow them, as, like, they are witnessing the all this new shit around them. Mm-hmm. She's very much a character like that.
1: I actually, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, though, one trope that a lot of movies have that this one also slightly fell into is it's always, like, it's not really as crazy as as it should be considered. Like, it's usually, like, w- person sees crazy magic thing happen and they're like, oh, okay, magic exists now. This is insane. They have a scene where they're like, are you guys telling me that magic exists and all this stuff is really happening? And then everything else in the movie, totally fine. They're just like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, giant dragons, cool. Yeah, yep, uh-huh. she's like,
0: well, I know magic and spells are a thing, so it's totally okay that I'm witnessing a giant dragon.
1: So everything else that happens, uh, that's just every other Tuesday, you know? Yeah, it's um, true. But, yeah, no, I agree that it's definitely, it's definitely a good way to have the audience feel like there's a character that kind of... Uh, is very much like them where they're new to this world and that kind of thing but I always find it funny when characters one second are like what the fuck and the next second they're like yeah so uh, my boy here is just gonna use his magic timey-wimey stuff and save your life yeah true
0: so, it, it does minorly fall I, into that
1: I find it funny it's not an issue but I always find it funny in movies for
0: sure I think going back to what you said at the beginning of, the, uh, of this discussion though is like this feels fresh this is what I want from the MCU yeah and You know, I've made this point multiple times. I don't want to keep shitting on this movie. What I don't want from the MCU right now is Black Widow. And what I do is, like, fresh, new storytelling. And, like, we've been in the world of the MCU for so long now, and this feels like a new world. You know, like, Mm -hmm. we are seeing um, all this mythological stuff from Asian culture that we've never seen before. And so it feels very... Like, it, it's the best way to further the MCU is to just expand the reaches of the MCU and the diversity yeah. to it. Because mm-hmm. there's so much cool shit from other cultures that you can easily tie in here, and it, it expands the universe and fe- makes it feel so unique and mm-hmm. new. Espe- like, I just love... I also love
1: MCU's world building. Like, yeah. the fact that Chung chi is not in New York. He is in um, San Francisco. Like, yeah. that's where... uh, he originally is in the movie and so it's just like not not everything constantly happening in New York and all this stuff um expanding the world that we know
0: as the MCU it's fun I like it I think we've spent enough time you know unless we're going back to spend some more time with Spider-Man because I love to see my boy Mm -hmm. Peter Parker swinging around Brooklyn but uh I think I, I've had a fair share of the New York in the MCU. I would like to see other cities for sure.
1: Well, we're definitely always going to be in New York, though. New York is where everything it's the hub. bad happens.
0: It's, yeah, it's the hub. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to get into, too, is uh, Simu Liu, the guy who plays Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. is incredible. He is one of the most charismatic and in- enjoyable-to-watch additions to the MCU in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he's so passionate about it. And you watch interviews with him as an actor, too, and he's, like, so thrilled to be a part of this world. Mm-hmm. He actually tweeted at them in 2014, hey, Marvel, uh, loved Iron Man and Captain America. When are we going to get our first Asian-led film? And then in 2018, he tweeted at them again. He's like, Marvel, when are we going to talk about Shang-Chi? And then a year later, he replied to that tweet. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> cuz it it's that's the that's the uh that's manifestation right there.
1: Have you um seen what he's what he's been posting about recently on Twitter? No. So when he a long time ago at the beginning of his career, he was in like a bunch of like stock photos.
0: Okay. Um, oh I have I think I've seen it. And that.
1: so now uh people there's like one I saw today and it's him sitting at a desk with like two other people and he's pointing at something on a computer screen. And I think I think it was like IGN that posted this or something and it was like um Shang Chi showing everyone how amazing it well, his movies doing in the box office, <laughs> like it's all these stock photos where he's just like in the background for that mixed diversity, you know. Yeah, yeah. He literally looks like he should be on the cover of like a biology textbook or something. <laughs> it's so good, and he's he's making fun of it. He imagine going from that to. Being this amazing superhero, big blockbuster
0: frontman, yeah.
1: That like is now an integral part of uh, the MCU, or so it seems. But we'll get into that once we get into a little later stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before we kind of wrap up the spoiler freak segment, I want to, I also want to address the villain. I want to talk about Tony Leung's performance. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony Leung. Uh, I know you haven't seen any movies with him. I don't believe.
1: I think I have. Okay. I feel like at some point in my life, I have probably seen a movie that he has been in.
0: Yeah, uh, his most known stuff is the stuff he did with uh, director Wong Kar Wai. He did like a lot of movies with him. It's like seven or eight, and they're all the best movies of his career and the best movies of Wong Kar Wai's career. So like, mm. kind of like the Robert De Niro, uh, Martin Scorsese comparison of mm-hmm. how they're each other's muse. But uh, it, he's such a great actor, and I was super excited to see what he would add to the MCU. And I've also really never seen him in a role like this as a, as a big villain. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the more compelling antagonists in like the origin films. I think, I think a lot of the time the Marvel origin films can have bland villains. Mm -hmm. And he is, he is not that I think some more screen time with him would have been fantastic, but he actually is like not relatable, but he's understandable. He's a villain. You can understand the motives of, and rather than being driven by like some big greed here i'll get into it okay you're looking at me crazy i'm giving i'm giving you the weird side eye no well he, he is definitely a villain right mm-hmm. and he um, he's not like oh i would do what he can what he's doing as well mm-hmm. it's not like that but he rather than being driven by like i want to take over the world or i have this greed he is driven by genuine raw pain he's somebody who has Lost something, and it meant a lot to him, and he has pretty much pushed everything out of his life in a desire to get that back, you know? Mm. And I think that that makes him not necessarily relatable or anything, but I think it makes him a compelling villain that you can engage with in the struggles of a lot more than the villains who are like, I need to do this, and then I'll rule the world and kill everyone. You know, he's mm-hmm. really just a man who is so broken that he doesn't even really view what he's doing as evil because it's it's good for him. It benefits him. Counter-argument. Mm-hmm. I get where you're
1: saying. I get where you're coming from. I'd like to also remind you that he was essentially Genghis Khan, yes. a horrible tyrant for years, and when Shang-Chi was like, what are you going to do if they don't let you get to that? I, this is spoilery now. Uh, okay. Sorry. Tread lightly tr- just so I will we try. can wrap this up. Um, yeah. I'll essentially... Be, he, when, um, Shang-Chi was like, what are you going to do if you can't get to this thing? He's like, well, we're going to kill them all. We're going to burn down their village and kill them all. Yes, he does fall so into some MCU trap. I get what yeah. you're saying with the fact that his motivations aren't super evil. Um, I would counter-argument with the fact that, yes, what he desires isn't evil, but the way that he's going to get it Absolutely. is full-on evil. Very villainous, yeah. Um, So I think... I think his his motives aren't uh, his motives are understandable his execution not exactly that is yeah that's um I feel about too. that being said he does yes he does make a for a very compelling villain um just because he is i think it's solely for the fact that i think a lot of these mcu villains that are in these origin stories don't have as big of a like a connection to our main character whereas in this case that's his that's shang chi's father like that's his dad and so there's a much larger connection and there's more at stake than just the fate of the world in this scenario you know Mm -hmm. so i think that i i can agree with you on that i wouldn't say he's relatable in any way but i understand that his motives are definitely um or what he's working towards is understandable
0: yeah no definitely not relatable but just very compelling to watch Mm -hmm. and to see his pursuit and how his brain kind of does, like, justifies what he's doing. Yeah. He's just very great to watch, and, uh, Tony Leon killed it. So, on that note, you want to get into more?
1: Yes, let's get into some more spoilery stuff. Um, honestly, you know what, since we just talked about it, let's just hop right back into the more spoilery bits of the conversation we just had with our main villain. Um, so, yeah, our main villain is Shang-Chi's father. Uh, super awesome villain, but, yeah, I think, I guess what, when, we're talking about, like, evil stuff. Like, this man was Genghis Khan. This man was, for years, like, taking over villages, killing people, murdering, pillaging, getting money, all this stuff. He's a horrible dude. Do they say he is? He was Genghis Khan? Literally, he says one of the names I was called, I uh, used to be called, was Khan. Okay. He says Khan. Right. He doesn't say Genghis Khan. I'm going to guess he's Genghis Khan, which also means that Does that mean that in the MCU universe there are thousands of descendants of this man? This man – because you know how in in the real world everyone's like, there's a bunch of descendants of Genghis Khan because he raked a bunch of women. Disgusting. Is that the same thing for the MCU? If so, it makes him even worse.
0: makes him, yeah, far less of a – it can't be, right? Because his whole thing is like – He's in love with this girl.
1: After his wife. After all that, oh, that happened. That's true. You got to remember the timeline of this. This he's man been, was alive for thousands of years. Yeah. Like for thousands of years before he met his wife, he was a tyrant. Mm-hmm. He murdered thousands. Not even for like, literally in the opening shot, he he's like I'm. He, he's essentially solely taking over this place to take it over. He doesn't even call in the rest of his army. He literally just walks up
0: and starts. Fucking murdering people. Yeah. Like, constantly. So he's definitely a bad person. And which is going back to what I said about um, him being compelling. He is a man who has done unspeakable shit. Mm -hmm. And this woman loved him, which is why he is so desperate to get her back. Yes. She made him feel like he, he could be more. Like, there was a. There was still good to the universe after all the bad shit he had done. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to do more bad shit to get you back.
1: Yeah. No, he's like, ah, she she
0: saw the good in me, so I'm going to murder her family so that I can get her back. I'm going to be the worst father ever and not be there for my children their entire life. The only thing I have, you know, left of my wife, my family. Yeah.
1: Also, may I say, this dude was like, he told all of his assassins, so to... Get Shang-Chi and his sister He told the assassins He's like There's no way You're ever gonna murder them But try He's like try What if What if they Were like What if he didn't know That Shang-Chi Like maybe he had Really bad knee surgery Two years ago And (laughs) Couldn't do all He's in the hospital And He's like Go Go find him Try and fight him The assassins get there And just murk him What would
0: happen then He'd be like Well I I was sorely mistaken Whoops
1: Um no, but let's let's uh, take take it back to kind of like the beginning of this movie. We'll go through it a bit more. Um, we're kind of all over the place right now, but yeah. So Sh- Sh- Shang Chi uh, living this double life, living this life where he's just a normal dude, and then he gets attacked by Razor Fist and his homies on a bus. May I say, literally, absolutely one of the best fight scenes I think I've seen. Um, In a long time. Totally, totally reminiscent of the Jackie Chan fighting style. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent, because it's got all, like, that impromptu, like, grabbing things off the bus, grabbing laptops people, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Flying
0: kicks and stuff.
1: Flying kicks, uh, but more of just, like, the improv fighting style that Jackie Chan used to do in a lot of his movies. And it also has those moments, too, I find in this movie— A lot of the fight stuff where in a lot of Jackie Chan's old stuff, there'd be like, fight, 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 fight. And then Jackie Chan kind of stops for a reaction to something and then he gets back into the fight, you know? Right. It gives us those breaks. And so I think one of the big things I liked about these fight scenes were those breaks that it gave us because it would literally go from this... In like in a lot of MCU stuff we see nowadays, it's a big fight and it happens for like twenty minutes and it's just constant fighting, you know. But in this, it's like, ba 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 ba, take a break for a second and then back to ba 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 ba, you know. Right, like so that these long fight sequences don't feel as long and feel even more action packed because you get that break and then you're right back into
0: it, you know. Right, like when he uh, when he sits down and he waves at the girl sitting next to him and then gets straight right back, back into, into it. Him. Yeah, it's yeah. A,
1: It that's totally sh- such a Jackie Chan kind of. Uh, thing I literally watched, um, today I watched a clip uh, from a Jackie Chan movie. I can't remember which one it is, but essentially he's the drunken master. You know, have you ever heard of this fighting style?
0: I think I have, yes.
1: It's in like movies and games and stuff. I don't know if it's actual real fighting style in history, but essentially like people just get really drunk and then they're really good at fighting. It's in Naruto as well. Um, but uh, literally, he is fighting this group of guys, and this lady's like, "Here, catch!" and she throws a bottle to him, and he just takes out the cork and starts like chugging it back. And then <laughs> once he's like drunk enough, there's like this moment where he's fighting everyone, and then it kind of stops, and he just like takes like he stumbles away a little bit, and then he does this stupid face, and he goes into like this drunken fighting pose, and he's
0: like, "Ooh," and then he goes back into it. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Jackie what? Chan. Uh, I, I think that he's this fight scene is definitely in a lot of the uh, his fighting style. It's kind of fusing the stuff of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. the kind of slapsticky. Uh, nature of Jackie Chan's fighting with the more like grounded, serious, like leg stuff of, of Bruce Lee.
1: I think you get it in different fight scenes. Like the bus scene reminds me of Bruce Lee. The fight scene when we're in, when we're at the uh, fight pit that his sister has created, that's more Bruce uh, Did I say Bruce Lee for the first one? Yes. I, knew I meant, meant to say Jackie. Jackie Chan. That one's more the one in the fight pit. That one's more Bruce Lee for me where they're fighting all the ninjas and stuff on the, the, um,
0: what is that called? Scaffolding on the side of the building? Oh, that scene, man. I, I was so tense throughout that entire scene. Like, it's it's a testament to the great filmmaking here. I knew nobody was going to die. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah. But I was, like, tightened up, and I was like, okay, this is, like, propulsive as fuck. Like, mm. you felt the impact, each swing that they did from, like, one row of scaffolding to the mm-hmm. next, the kicking, the hanging off the side. It was just breathtaking. It was super fast-moving.
1: I will say, out of all the fight scenes, that was my least favorite. Really? Because, solely because, just, it was so dark. Mm. And having the background of the building where it's kind of like everything's mirrored, it was, I found there were moments where I was just so confused about what was going on.
0: Right, okay. It was just hard to watch. I love the neon lighting.
1: Neon lighting was very cool. It was definitely a very cool setup. But just like when they were on the side of the building, I just got confused sometimes. But For sure, yeah. Um. Regardless of that, such good fighting all around throughout this entire movie.
0: Like I said earlier, I could praise it forever for its fighting. Um, I, I just wanted to say really quick, I think that actually might be one of my only big gripes with the third act is it steps a lot away from like the martial arts stuff, and it does kind of become a big Marvel you know, Marvel always ends their thing with a big CGI battle. That's just the formula. Yeah. And so it's not really a criticism on Shang-Chi itself and more just a criticism on the big CGI fights that they always end their movies with. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really into the martial arts stuff, and I would have loved to see that kind of come back around and see him have a less CGI-based fight with his father. I think, I think though, it was still
1: less... We definitely got moments of less CGI, though. Than usual, yeah. Um, Like, we when they were fighting... Oh, that fight sequence when him and his dad are fighting on the shore. Oh, that was sick. That's so good. That was really and that good. line of, if she, if you could even bring her back, what, would she even want you now? Mm. Ooh, that line was such a fucking stab to his heart. And I was like, yes.
0: Bro, Shang-Chi only lived there because of the plot armor that he had on. Facts. He got sent. No, 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 no. He got nah, blasted. Nah. My guy was just like underwater for five minutes. He, the only reason he lived there was because
1: of the dragon. The dragon saved him. That's true. Yeah, um, and his just raw power
0: and connection to this world. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think that this movie is just a really effective love letter to just Asian cinema and pop culture and entertainment in general. Hundred percent. You have a lot of like we had already mentioned. You have the Bruce Lee, the the Jackie Chan stuff, but then you get the fantasy stuff. That's just really reminiscent of, like, Hayao Miyazaki and, like, Studio Ghibli and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the big dragon looks straight out of Spirited Away.
1: The, honestly, not even the big dragon. For me, the thing that reminded me of, like, uh, Hayao Miyazaki and all that stuff was the maze. Like, the forest maze. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, the living world. the Like, the world being alive and all these weird creatures and stuff. that That very much felt like Studio Ghibli for me and, mm-hmm. like, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, like the little creature that doesn't have a face. That um, Maurice. Is that Maurice. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 didn't full on remind me, but it's like just mm. the little fantastical creatures and everything. Yeah, that, that really that, draw back to
1: that. Is that the fantas that like wonder that yeah. crazy new world that we get to explore? Very cool.
0: And then you even get stuff like the Last Airbender and Dragon Ball Z. Like when they're using the rings kind mm-hmm. of as like these big balls of power. I was like, this is definitely like Dragon Ball Z. Straight
1: up. Shang Chi literally straight up hadoukened his dad. Yeah, straight up. Or, actually, no. I guess he didn't hadouken, but, um, and like you even get stuff too, like the big kaiju battles of like mm-hmm. Godzilla and stuff with that crazy soul sucking monster. He, that monster really the embodiment of Gluck Gluck Nine Thousand <laughs> sucking your soul away. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did that to me.
1: I had to. Um, but no, it's 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 such a there are so many little things that I think are great, just uh, representations of Asian cinema and culture. Like even, um, I saw this TikTok breakdown video of that one. Do you remember that guy with the spiked mask and where the, I think her name's Kelly is the character's name, Aquafina plays? Oh, Kathy. yes. I thought it was Kelly. It's one of the other, it's a K name. It's, yeah, um, where they're like, oh, I like, I like your mask. And he says, thank you um somebody did a little breakdown where they were like they said thank you in this specific language where durian fruits come from and his face looks like a durian fruit and i was like who that is so like such a tiny little detail but if Mm. that's actually true wow that's
0: super cool the level of thought and care put into actually bringing these things correctly Uh uh-huh and
1: also i absolutely loved the uh I don't even remember the dude's name cause he was only in it for like a couple seconds. But, uh, the guy that they first meet when they get to the fighting ring and how Aquafina is like, Oh, my English isn't very good. Or my, uh, Chinese isn't very good. And he's like, Oh, no problem. I go both ways. He's yeah. like English and Chinese or whatever specific language they were speaking. Um, I, I really love that line. I thought that was really funny too. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, This is a bit more broad. We'll get back into, like, the whole Shang-Chi stuff itself. But what did you think of Abomination and Wong and the usage? Is
1: that Abomination?
0: Yes, it is, yeah. It's confirmed Abomination? Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I liked it. I thought it was so weird to just bring him back in such a little, like, blink-and-you-miss-it way after 13 years of him being gone.
1: No, I think it's absolutely perfect because he will never get used ever again in anything. Like, what's he going to get used in? I I think he's actually cast in She-Hulk. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Um, that works out. But like, I think like it's it's the perfect. It's I think it's a great way to just be like, hey, you remember this random character? Why not? Let's throw him in
0: there. You know, to bring him back in a way that's not like, look, remember Abomination?
1: And I think it's also really fitting because having Wong fighting like a giant um, uh, beast, like how he did in uh, Infinity War, or and is that
0: that's Infinity, Infinity War? War.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and have him literally use pretty much the same move, um, except this time he makes Abomination punch himself in the face instead of cutting off his arm. Yeah. Um, it's so cool. So well done. And also, I, I learned that um, Wong has now is now the character that has made the most appearances in the most Marvel movies as Wong.
0: Really? Oh, yeah, I could see that. He's he, been around
1: quite a bit. Because I, for a while, I think it was Coulson, um, but now... Or maybe like Nick Fury or something, but now it's it's Wong.
0: Yeah, he's popped up quite a bit since he was introduced. In Dr. So he's Strange. he's
1: been in like hundreds of, or not hundreds, but like multiple things. Um, and so I, I love the fact that they chose to have Wong as as like back in the day he was a fighter, and now he. Well, looks this isn't after back it. in the day
0: though. This is uh after Endgame. Oh yeah, I guess so. So it's nice to see what he's been doing since he helped save the
1: world. I guess he, yeah. I guess he's just like ah, you know what? Let's go into fighting ring.
0: Yeah. I wonder if that's what he's packing up for when he leaves Spider-Man. If he's going to to Sean. No, him. there's no way. That'd be funny though. Uh, no, I thought it was a it was a fun cameo. It's one of those things where if you aren't into the MCU, um, it won't catch you by surprise because you won't know who he is. But if you mm-hmm. love the MCU and you love that character, it's nice to see him.
1: Also, I'm very interested in. I don't know if if anyone knows what this is. I don't. I have no idea what this is. Where does he go? Like you can see. When he, when him and Abomination leave the ring or leave the locker room, you can see where he's going
0: through the portal, mm-hmm. and it does not look like the Sanctum Satorium. It looks like a prison. I've actually seen a lot of people theorizing about this, saying like Abomination is in this prison and Wong is training him. I don't quite know like what the whole theory is, but I have seen people talking about how they think that Wong could be training Abomination for something. Huh. I don't, I can't go deeper into it, but. I, I'm interested to see. Yeah, you're right because they definitely did like purposely show him going this place. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it is.
1: Yeah, it definitely looks like some kind of prison. So, who knows? Maybe he's just like I feel bad for Abomination. Let's let him uh, stretch his legs for a bit. Yeah, beat his
0: ass. Let him have a couple swings. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I feel like this movie feels like something that you can watch separate from the MCU. Um. But like, okay, sorry. Let me rephrase this feels like something you can watch separate from the MCU, and it has minor connections, but nothing that'll prevent enjoyability for people who aren't already familiar with it. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, in-your-face stuff, like where a lot of the other Marvel movies, it's like, good luck trying to follow along if you haven't seen the other ones. Mm-hmm. This one isn't that way at all. It actually feels like a very fresh thing where it's like it barely feels like it's even in the MCU.
1: Yeah, because I think this is—Marvel
0: is doing it right,
1: I think, where—and I, I hope that this expands throughout the other movies, too— of course we're still gonna have remnants of the old mcu movies of like phase one and two and three and whatever um but as we get into this new phase we are seeing more and more superheroes have their own kind of story like even with spider-man yes he's connected to tony stark in a way um but we are going to see him evolve and change and become his own person um and the same thing with Shang Chi, we're gonna get these new characters where they have no ties with the MCU at all. Like they don't even know who Iron Man never met Iron Man their entire life. So why would they even care? Um so it's I think it's really good because this new age of kids who are watching these movies now, they don't have to watch sixteen movies to get caught up. You they know? have to know they have to know what happened. They need to know the basics. Yeah. They need to know the fact that people half the world disappeared for five years and that's like it
0: yeah because there's like the posters they walk by that are like post blip anxiety
1: yeah i know exactly or like when uh when their friend is like it's you gotta think about what you want in the world now because in a second half the half the population could disappear you know um and so i think it's i think it's great the fact that they're making it more just like these are characters who can do whatever they want and Mm -hmm. just like they aren't as tied to past MCU as other characters were.
0: Yeah, agreed. What did you think about the the shift of the ten rings? Because you know, famously, the rings are actual rings that you wear on each finger. I loved the idea of the ten rings kind of being like gauntlets that you kind of use. Like, I've seen uh, t- like in Tony Lung he or Liang, he's using them as like Iron Man thrusters. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like slowing yeah. himself down with them and launching into the air with them. I think that's a very different take from the comics and a far better take on the rings. Agreed. And I I think that just the idea of how they do the Mandarin is like honestly more interesting than how the comics do the Mandarin. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people were so bummed that they did the fake out in Iron Man 3 and it wasn't the real Mandarin. But I think it all worked itself out because it actually worked best in this movie.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that um, if it had just been 10 rings on his fingers, he would have looked like a, A a little silly, you know? Um, so I, I think having them as gauntlets is, is very cool, and I think it opens up a lot more ways that he can use those Ten Rings in, a, in uh, combat scenarios, you know, having them being thrown and, like, all that different stuff. Um, with that being said, I also I also agree. Actually, you know, I also agree with um, the fact that um, I think the Mandarin was done super well, especially in this movie. Having him come back, I didn't even expect him to be ever come back to mcu so it's kind of funny that he is he's back again in this and he has a little bit of a uh redemption of some sorts to his character arc even though he doesn't really have to redeem anything he did mm-hmm. he's kind of got roped into everything and didn't realize what was happening uh but yeah and yeah it's funny to it's funny to have him back you know um and i mean it's, it's not like he's gonna be back for very long uh, but I think it's funny that he's just there in that in this one. He's like, yes, I can speak this weird creature's language because I've been trapped down here for years.
0: I thought he was mainly really funny. There were some jokes that he had that were very, like, MCU humor where it was, like, trying to make everyone laugh. But that being said, I did laugh. I found I, thought, him, he I thought he was hilarious. I thought he was hilarious. I agree. Great. And I also just, I think, I think he's definitely a little bit, like, fan servicey as a character, but also the second he popped up, the whole th- theater was laughing. Yeah, and it's nice to have like that familiar face that you can kind of just pull back in as well.
1: Well, it's it's perfect because he was essentially posing as uh, the uh, whatever his whatever their dad's name is, and so it, the Mandarin, this is or Wenwu. Yeah, this is the perfect way to just bring him back in in this way, and to have it also to be like there is no real name for he like uh, Shang Chi's dad is not. The Mandarin, that's not his name, where uh, he essentially explains at the dinner table, it's like, this dude took on one of my names. One of the many names I've been called over years. And so, it's not like there is, it's not like he is the actual Mandarin. It's like, no, no, the Mandarin's just a title.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I found uh, Ben Kingsley to just be like, he's a very good comedic relief. Yeah, no, he's great. The moment where, like, they're driving the car, and this horse-looking creature looks at him, and he's like, that's an awfully weird-looking horse. What's it staring at me for? Mm -hmm. Just like those moments had everyone laughing, and I I think uh, it was nice to have him back, even if it was just a comedic relief character. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what his reveal at the ending of Iron Man 3, that's what he was. He was just a big joke. Yeah. So to have him return as a big joke, it's it's pretty fun. It's
1: pretty good. Um, Also, may I... I do want to point this one thing out. I said this to you in the theater, but so as we know... Uh, that One of the characters One of the henchmen Of uh, Shang-Chi's dad Is Razor Fist And I said this to you In the theaters I was like I wonder if that's a joke On the fact that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 One guy's called Razor Face
0: Yeah, Taser Face yeah, taser, taser Face, face. Yeah, it's, it sounds like It has to be some sort of Even if it's not like A big reference It's, it's a play on words That's familiar Yeah, with Taser Face And
1: Razor Fist Like Yeah Because Rocky makes a joke. It's like, what do you have, tasers on your face? But this guy literally has a razor on his fist. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense.
0: It's like a giant lightsaber-looking thing.
1: It's like a giant – it's like this man straight up saw the 10,000-degree knife challenge
0: and was like, I could do that. Yeah. Giant fiery sword hand thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, one thing I wanted to mention, too, about the rings that we didn't get into – is it kind of sets up this very interesting mystery in a, in a post credit scene where we get Bruce Banner and we mm-hmm. get Captain Marvel, and they're kind of discussing with Wong, who comes back to find them because of encountering them at the fighting rank earlier in the movie. Um, and they kind of look into the ring and like they zoom in on it or whatever using the spell, mm-hmm. and there's some sort of beacon or signal coming from it. Yeah. That's an interesting thing that we're probably going to have to wait a really long time to find out about. Actually, from
1: what I heard, some people's theories that we may not be waiting that long because some people, a lot of people are theorizing that um, it's it, this is going to connect to the Eternals. Uh, uh, I could see that because obviously we're working with, we're dealing with things like Bruce Banner said that has are like ancient, so ancient that like they're been around for like ye thousands, and thousands of years. The Eternals. Somebody theorized that maybe this was something. These 10 rings were made by the eternals because they give off a very similar glow that the eternal's weapons do oh yeah um, you're right and so maybe it was made by the eternals to fight and it just got lost over time or something and maybe that signal is calling out to a celestial the big the the thing that is telling i think they're called celestials that is telling the eternals essentially to stay out of conflicts and do this and do that and whatever um, so that I, that's a theory I've heard. It's a big theory I've heard is that it's going to connect to that. Or uh, one thing I said was um, if it's like something that's thousands of years old and not from this planet and this crazy uh, thing, maybe it means something even bigger such as like Galactus or something. That would be crazy. Um, or some crazy stuff like that. Who knows? But I think the Eternals it seems – Right. It seems the most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we will. We might. That's where we might see this pop back up, or maybe in the future when Shang Chi and the Eternals essentially meet,
0: um, or if they ever do, maybe then we'll. They'll be like,
1: oh hey, I made that
0: mm-hmm. a couple years ago. It's a good uh, good MCU thing where they set up this big thing and then they're like, ha ha, funny joke.
1: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Wait till six years later, and then we will tell you.
0: Yeah no I think that's actually that sounds about most right I actually hadn't heard that theory but after you explaining it like the Eternals have always been around yeah and you're right the glow is very similar to the glow of their weapon so, so I can see that
1: yeah it just makes sense that this crazy object of power would be connected to the Eternals you know
0: yeah Um. before we wrap up there's one oh go oh, ahead
1: sorry you know what Maybe it does make a lot of sense because that's why the Eternals, the Eternals are returning because this beacon that's being sent out is being sent out to the Eternals. So that's why they have to come back because they, they're like, oh my goodness, this thing is back in play. Oh, we gotta come out back
0: and help. Damn. It makes total sense. It does. That really adds up. So maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a pretty cool post-credit scene though, and very cool spiked my interest and now i feel like i have the answer to what it was and
1: also another theory i heard is a lot of people are wondering why bruce banner is now bruce banner and not a mix of uh bruce and hulk and one theory i heard was that as we can see his arm is still messed up um maybe that snap from the infinity gauntlet like sucked the gamma radiation out of him maybe he can no longer turn into the hulk
0: Um, oh yeah because we haven't really
1: seen him like post endgame yet we, the only, Yeah, we've only seen him in Endgame, um, and so we haven't seen him any other time. So it would make a lot of sense, because his arm is still fucked up, that uh, it just actually took the gamma radiation out of him, because you would think that with all the powers of the Hulk, you'd be able to heal up from that. But if it sucked as much gamma radiation as we thought it did out of him, then maybe he just can't be the Hulk anymore.
0: Ah, and maybe it also could tie into She-Hulk. Yeah, exactly, guess, something like that. that. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Before we wrap up and do closing thoughts and and whatever, one thing that I just really wanted to bring up that I think is really cool is I love that Shang and – oh, by the way, I was wrong about the character. We were both wrong. It's uh, Katie. 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 That's what I – oh, I said Kelly. And I said Kathy. Kathy. Or something. It's Katie. Whatever. Uh, Anyways, I found that I really liked that they're just really close friends. I feel like so often the MCU is like, throw in some romance but there's romance at the end. There's a bit of romance and there's they a bit they of romance. had they had made a comment about that could be something we explore in further movies. Mm-hmm. But I like as of at least how this movie stands. They're just really close friends and they just have a really cool friendly dynamic and it doesn't have some big forced you know trying to dedicate the time in this already pretty packed movie with like a big mm-hmm. origin story and everything to a love story. I feel like it would have dragged it down. I think it's really nice that we just kind of have them as really close friends. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Marvel is always being like, what about a love story? Uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Banner and Black Widow. Huh, yeah, in, that was rough. That was so bad. But I, I feel like it was just really fresh that they were just really close friends. And I thought it was mm-hmm. worth mentioning because I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so do you want to just get into a wrap-up? Just final thoughts? Anything else you want to say to close up your thoughts on the movie? Yeah,
1: one one more point I just want to touch on really quickly um, is... I absolutely loved the camera work in this movie. Camera work top notch. Especially one thing I want to call out is Shang-Chi's sister, um, how she's got the rope dagger kind of thing going oh, on. Oh, that, that was really cool. So cool. Such a cool weapon and such a cool way to be using that. Um, and to like as be have that be one of the weapons. Like of course we got the classic like bow staff, we got the arrows, but the fucking rope dagger, I absolutely love people who uh use rope daggers i saw there's a tiktok guy i can't remember his name but he uh he does a bunch of martial arts stuff and he will always show off like his rope dagger skills and so it's a flex it is such a flex because it's insane how it's all about just like building up this momentum and to release it in one shot and that's the kind of thing that sends the dagger flying and then you can pull it right back it's so cool so well done um but yeah as final thoughts um honestly some of the best mcu i've seen in a long time this movie is going to go down as one of my favorites like this could potentially be in the top five i'm not gonna lie this is top five for me Um, i know
0: and i know that like a lot of people too are like really praising it but also saying it's still like mid-tier and i can totally get i can understand that but for me like this just reminded me why I love Marvel movies, and it was instantly top five for me. I can't understand why
1: people think this is mid-tier. I know. Why? There's It's so good. Anywho, um, no, this is definitely top five for me, and uh, it's just such a well-done origin story and such a good way of setting up this character for the future of the MCU. Um, so much fun, amazing soundtrack, uh, and, like... Honestly, Black Widow, you tried. You really did. I thought this is where I thought Black Widow was where I was gonna see all this great hand to hand combat. I was wrong. Shang-Chi showed you up, Black Widow. Showed it up hard. Because you know what happened in Shang-Chi that didn't happen in Black Widow? The protagonist actually fought people mm. and won mm. a fight Tell or two. Em. Black Widow Chi does not win a single fight in that movie. All the fights, except for the final fight, all the fights end with them either running away or something else happens that interrupts <laughs> the fight. It's true. So Shang-Chi beating a bunch of people's asses like he should is amazing. And if you have not seen this movie, I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. For me, like, like I had said a second ago, this just is a big reminder of why I love going to see Marvel movies. It's, mm-hmm. it's, And when I said at the beginning of the episode – could this be the best origin story? I'm not even saying that to take away from movies like Iron Man and all these other origin stories that we've gotten, but I feel like this is the finest example of an origin story being done right. It does everything it needs to do. Uh, the villain is compelling. The characters are great. The The representation of, of Asian people on screen is fantastic. And the world is just so engaging. And that action, every punch lands. It feels so propulsive and... I just was never bored in this movie. Never bored. And And
1: and one thing I do also want to mention is, yeah, the the Asian culture in this movie, so well done. So well done. It did not feel like a uh, westernized movie. Like, sure, it had its moments, Mm -hmm. um, but... The third
0: act, in particular, has some, you know, typical MCU stuff,
1: but... Yeah, of course, but... Uh, As far as uh, honoring the culture and language, uh, I think it did pretty well. That being said, not my culture. Yeah. Not my language. You you know,
0: know, not really my place to speak, but you can really tell uh, it's an Asian director. It's mainly an Asian cast. It's it's, MCU really let this movie be a love letter Mm -hmm. to that culture. And that really shows with the fact that it's made by people in that, like, whose culture that is, you know? Yeah. And so I thought this is just one of my favorite MCU movies in a very long time
1: as you already know i rated it a five out of five it remains a five out of five so for you
0: if you had to rate it out of 10 rings it would get 10 all, rings all, ten, all rings. 10
1: rings all 10 rings and then an additional uh little extra pinky ring you know i'm just gonna get a little pinky ring <laughs> just because it's that good
0: yeah for sure i uh i'm gonna have to give it nine rings i don't i need to rewatch it again and it'll likely shoot up to the to the ten rings. See,
1: this makes no sense to me. I don't know why you just won't give it the ten. Because you're like, I need to rewatch it. I know it'll get the ten, but I need to rewatch it. I'm like, well, then why do you need to rewatch it if you know it's going to get the ten? The
0: only reason is because I, I do have some issues with just... But it's also not an issue on the movie. It's just how MC movies work is they do this at the ending of the movies. The third act is a little crazy, but it's also very enjoyable crazy. So you know what? You know what, Wesley? You inspired me. Give it. I'm a... I'm going to hold back the criticisms I have towards the MCU in general because those criticisms, they're not Shang-Chi's fault. Look, here's the thing. It gets ten rings. There you go. Here's the thing.
1: Every superhero movie, it's always going to be like this. This is the formula. Mm. This is how it goes. You're never going to be like, oh, man, we'll get a superhero movie where at the end it's just a hand-to-hand fight scene. That is never... No, ever gonna happen. Never how you're gonna even in Black it. Widow, you didn't even get a, you got a couple, a bit of it, but you also had the fucking uh, Red Guardian fighting uh, crazy uh, Taskmaster, who's like crazy, super drugged up person. Um, so like you'll you'll never get that, and it's just yes, this is how MCU does it, but this is how superhero movies are made. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't harsh on it for being like I can't believe they had a big CGI battle fight at the end of the movie. It's like no, that's it, every single superhero that's movie. Superhero movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and it just for every it did so much right that I'm not even really worried about what it did wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I shut off my critic brain, and I'm just like. I'm very impressed by this. Yeah, this made me feel great. This reminded me of why I love something that I've loved for so so much of my life, and and it's just a it's a beautiful love letter to to a, a fantastic culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's the it's the ten rings, baby. Give it the ten rings. Um, so this movie actually right right quick before we wrap up, this movie was projected to make sixty million mm-hmm. worldwide opening weekend. Made a hundred and sixty yeah that's what it should because it's so good Yeah, which means people are actually showing up to the theater to see this which is great for representation in film great for the future of the MCU mm-hmm. and great for this fantastic character that you need to give your time to because if you yes. love Marvel you're going to be seeing a lot more of Shang-Chi you're going to be seeing a lot more of Simu Lu. come on now go, go check it out definitely check it out um, Hotel California the karaoke bar is going to hit different going forward
1: yeah ah man you know what you know how i always end the try to end these the jokes yeah you stole my joke i was just gonna stand, start singing hotel california <laughs> i robbed you <laughs> but that's okay you know uh maybe on the next episode uh, if you all listen to it you can check out uh my next funny joke but you can check out all our episodes on spotify apple podcasts everywhere um, you can also uh, check us out on our Instagram. We are at the Dive In Movie Cast. And our individual Instagrams, I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris. And it is the same name on our letterbox. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, check out Shang-Chi, learn some martial arts. Because, hey, self-defense is also very important in this day and
0: age. <laughs> I'm so know. sorry I stole your joke.
1: I don't know why I'm just like, self-defense is really important. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, yeah.